It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Well, if you hadn't heard, it is Cowboys Week here in Philadelphia. That's right, big showdown between the Eagles and the Cowboys. 425, Fox, Buck, Aikman, the whole shebang. First place on the line in the NFC East. This is an enormous game, and we're going to break it down all today on a special edition of Inside the Birds. Presented by Defend Your Head, makers of ProTech helmet safety technology. Jeff Mosher here. To my left, I got Adam Kaplan. To my right, former Eagle Billy Osborne, a man who played for Buddy Ryan and lived to tell about it. And guys, this is a, a special edition because we're broadcasting live from our home for the holidays, the all-new Market Tavern here at 30th and Market in Center City, Philadelphia. We got a lively crowd. We're across the street from the 30th Street Station. We're going to be here uh, the next three Fridays, it's our home for the holidays, guys. You guys excited? It is. It's awesome. It's got a New York City vibe because, as you said, Jeff, to the right of us is the subway. That's right. Like, it's, I heard a lady go, hey, you know what? I forgot my change for the subway. I'm like, wow, we really are next to 30th Street Station. So it's pretty cool. You know, you were right next to the downtown area, Drexel University. Great area to do a show. And join us these next three Fridays for happy hour. 4 to 6 p.m. Yeah, we're here to 4 to 6 p.m. And uh, great time to do it because, Jeff, I am calling this Sunday Separation Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they lose to me, yes, they would be alive for the wild card, but it's o- it would be over for the division. This is a must game as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? I talked to Lane Johnson in the locker room after last week's game, mm-hmm. and I talked to him about the urgency. He said he came back last week and was certainly here for the Redskins game. I would expect him to have it for this week's game. Yeah, we're going to get into that offensive line. Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey. This man out in front just blowing people over, blocking for Darren Sproles, blocking for Josh Adams. This is definitely a different Eagles team, Adam and and Nazi, as we talk here over the last few weeks. They are now, you know, a couple weeks ago, the way they were going and the way the Cowboys were going, I didn't think that this game was going to amount to much, and I didn't know if the Eagles could get out of their own way. Then Josh Adams emerged. Doug went back to having a balanced offense. You saw it against Washington. And now all of a sudden, first place on the line on Sunday. What, what, in, in, what the ramifications, considering where both of these teams were four weeks ago, is unbelievable. Well, you know, the one thing that you would want to have when you start training camp all the way back, you know, back in August, even in July and OTAs, is when you're going into the season and you're getting to the tail end of it, and they say to you, you have control of your own destiny for your last four games. If somebody gave that to you and said, you know, would you take it, you would take it. Now, 
I don't know if I would want the last four games that the Eagles have on their schedule, but <laughs> they are in control exactly. of their own destiny. Well, that's a great point, and we're going to talk about that a little bit because i got to say, even if the Eagles win, it's still a mountain to climb. I and mean, they got a tough schedule, the Rams, the Texans, obviously they close out against Washington, but Dallas certainly has a much easier schedule. So even winning this, you can't just win this game and stop there. So that's about one of the many things that we're going to get into today. We're here at the Market Tavern. we got a really excited crowd. It's buzzing. Excited to be here. By the way, this is an Irish pub. It used to be called Slancha, which is like a, a Gaelic term for salute. You're, you're Irish, right? I, 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 I got I'm half that? Irish. I'm half Irish and half Italian. And um, yeah, we do more of the Italian and salute, but uh, salute, chindan, salute. Yeah. But you're right. This has got such a cool New York Irish drinking flavor with everything out here. This is I've never been here. And uh, if you have not been here and you're close by, do yourself a favor, come by and have a couple of cocktails. This is a really great setting. The awesome thing about this place is that it's uh, all the furniture here, the bar, everything you see, the woodwork, it actually came from Ireland. It's imported wow, from cool. Ireland. Wow, so cool. nothing really fake cool. here, very genuine, very good. Speaking of genuine, nothing fake, I want to get into something. Before we start to go through the X's and O's of this, okay, guys? Very important. Adam, you grew up in Sheltonham. Ozzy, you're a South Jersey guy. You guys both grew up kind of in the shadows of this city, and you got to play for the Eagles, Ozzy. I wanted to just take a quick moment because we don't get a lot of years in which both Eagles-Cowboys games mean something and where it comes down to a December game between these two teams. Often one team has to beat the other to win, but it's not <laughs> a situation where both teams are trying to beat each other to win the division. So I ask you, Adam, growing up, what did that game mean to you? You're a kid from Sheltonham. What did Eagles-Cowboys mean to you? It was on the level, okay? In fact, probably a little bit higher, though. The, the Celtics-Sixer rivalry, I despised the Celtics. I hated everything about them. The Green Snakes, they I, seemed to all wear them I agree. in the 80s. Uh, I hated Danny Ainge, despised number 44. Paris, double zero. Mikhail might have been 32. Even Havlicek, 17. Bob Cousy, you name I couldn't stand them. I hated Boston. I hated their accents. I just hated everything about them. But then the star came along. You don't along. like to pack the can in the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> then the star came along, and I hated the star, America's team. That's what got my goat in the late 70s and early 80s. I, I could stand the star. And then as we went through the 90s, and then the Buddy Ryan, who Billy played for, and the Jimmy Johnson rivalry, oh, my goodness gracious, the bounty ball, everything, and, and everything that went along with the Dallas Cowboy-Eagle rivalry, Jeff, was fascinating if you grew up here. I don't know, like if you're a baseball guy, obviously Yankees, Red Sox, unbelievable hate. I would equate it for us who grew up here. Eagles, Cowboys, to me, it's number one. Celtics, Sixers hasn't been a rivalry for years, but growing up in the 80s and 90s. Huge. Nothing like it. Flyers, Pens. Yeah, it's there. That, that's when they're there. good, it's there. Well, yeah. Flyers, Rangers win, but you oh, could, that's a good point it was too. hard to get them together. But that damn star, and then... My good friend Dave Spadaro spit on the star. I call him Gaylord. He's Gaylord Perry. Yes, you said that the other you. night at the yeah, Earth event. That, that was funny. That. It just the makes me laugh. But, good. you know, that's the epitome of the hate that fans have. And Dave's, you know, the, the man of the people. The fans love him. The people grew up here hating that star. But the NFL is a very unique situation, guys, in that not everyone in this area is an Eagles fan. There are Dallas fans here. There are Steeler fans here. There are Chief fans. It's, it's very interesting with, with the sporting uh, uh, events here that we have growing up but overall to answer your question Jeff for me it's not even close though am I as a reporter and an analyst I, I call it down the middle but something about that star it's just like the clover for the Celtics sorry for the Irishman out here I get it we're in an Irish bar 
but something <laughs> about the Celtics I could not stand. No, I get that. Oz, I, I want to ask you, not just about growing up in the shadows of Philly and, and being a Jersey Shore guy where there are so many transplants. So you probably had to deal with Cowboys fans, probably had to deal with Jets fans and Giants fans and everything like that. But I, what I wonder is this, is that I've never understood the concept of growing up in a city or an area and rooting for a team that you have no connection to that area. I understand, like, if you move to a certain town and you're living there for 30 years and you adopt them, but when you're still living in the same area and rooting for that team in that town that you've never been in, I never got that. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, back then, you know, the Cowboys were on TV a lot and they were successful and they had some great players. Myself, I grew up an Eagles fan, but as I told you before, I wore number 12 my entire career because of Bob Greasy. Uh-huh. I was a Dolphins fan because my family went down to Miami and to South Florida for three or four winters, and that's when the Dolphins were very good, and there was a lot of Dolphin you know, things out. So I became a, you know, an AFC Dolphins fan, an NFC sure. Eagles fan. So but at least you were there. You were exactly. connected. There was you a connection there. But yeah. you're right. I can't understand, especially – a divisional guy. And that, to me, once you get older, you start seeing, you don't like anybody in the division. You, so. know, you know what? Cowboys fans in Philly, they're like contrarians. Right? Oh. And there's nothing worse than the guy who, when you say it's, it's raining and, and damp out, he says, nah, it's sunny. You know, just to, just to say the opposite. That's what I feel like Cowboys fans who live in Philadelphia are. They just, they just don't want to be Eagles fans, so they pick the one team that they know is going to get under the Eagle fans' skin. And, and for so many years, it was easy because they kept beating the Eagles. They beat them constantly. And they had that, you know, and then they had the America's team mantra, as Adam said. So there was this hate that was building up, and we could not wait, if you were in this area, for the Eagles to be competitive. And once they became competitive, then it became a big rivalry. And you played for Buddy, and I don't know if oh. there's a coach in this city that just showed on his sleeves his hatred for the Cowboys more than Buddy. Well, the way I equate it to is, like, when you're in college, you have this rivalry, and they have these great rivalries, right? And when your coaches spend the summer breaking down film on your rival, I mean, that's how it is. And, you know, there's one game that you know that's most important. I don't care what they say on the press. You start breaking down film. At Pitt, it was Penn State. So they, you know, they hated each other. Now they, and also it was a big competitive in terms of recruiting. Right. So in, in the National Football League for the Eagles, it is the Dallas Cowboys. And when you have Cowboy Week and you were playing for Buddy Ryan, you knew it was something different. Right. The only difference, well, actually, let me, let me expand on that with you. What was it like? You said it was different. What was a week leading up to Cowboys like playing for Buddy? Well, as soon as you got done the game, it almost immediately, no matter who you played. The week played, before, you mean? week before, like as yeah. soon as that game in the locker room after the game you're still getting ready for shower all of a sudden the words will start going out we got the cowboys it would be dallas and people would be walking to the shower it's dallas it's and that was of course after a win because you could start talking like that but you knew right away and then everything became immediately dallas and at times you know you would even look at film there was coaches that would start looking at film saturday night before the game that they were playing even though we weren't playing the cowboys to the following week right so, and then you would sometimes, and here's how bad it got, not to mention how bad it is, the draft was also, <laughs> had a lot to do with how you were going to combat the Cowboy players. Right. And how you'd match up against them. So, Buddy drafted for literally the how to beat the Cowboys. Absolutely. And how you're going to beat, like, you know, a certain guy. There, how he can send quarterbacks to hospitals. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and make sure your punter and your kicker were also tough guys. Wow. That's amazing. All right. Well, let's break this down. You talked about breaking down the game immediately after the week before. This is a huge game. And honestly... 
Have you guys ever seen that uh, meme on the internet of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man? Yeah, I love that. I love and that. And it's a I meme that. that tries to say, well, you're looking at me, but you're the same dude, right? And that's kind of like the Eagles and Cowboys. I feel like they represent that Spider-Man meme because you literally have one team that couldn't score points and couldn't figure it out and was riding its defense until all of a sudden, right, they get Amari Cooper and they get Ezekiel Elliott going, and all of a sudden the Cowboys get this run, their running game and a one wide receiver going, and now they've won four in a row. And the Eagles... No, not the exact carbon copy, but clearly they were riding their defense for an inconsistent offense. And over the last two weeks, the emergence of Josh Adams and the running game has brought balance back to the offense. And Washington was a great example because there were no 100-yard rushers, no 100-yard receivers. Everybody is playing. Everybody's participating. And that made them so difficult to defend. And so I look at these two teams, and I think the first thing is is that people expect a low-scoring game. I'm kind of expecting a little bit higher because these teams have weapons. They're, they are now finding their identities, and they're difficult to defend. Yeah, I, I think, disagree. Yeah, I think, Jeff, though, when you look at uh, – You're just tired of me saying every week it's a high-scoring Well, game. we're always on the opposite every week. <laughs> I know, we, I know. Yeah, I, we should tally up who's been right on the over-unders. I'm but, only right twice this year. I'll be honest. Oh, okay. okay. Well, look, Dallas now at least has one receiver that's reliable in Amari Cooper, but – He's a guy that yes, you have to be aware of him because he's he's explosive. He's a great route runner, right? But he's not six foot three. He's not he's not what you call an elite deep threat. He would work off better if they had Des Bryant in his three years ago. <laughs> he would be really good. A lot of teams would be good with him three years ago, right? Yeah. But he's not. They don't have that guy, so he's their default number one receiver. You're not worried about their tight ends. You're worried about the running back. That to me is the story of this game. Can the Eagles, Jeff and Bill? Slow up Ezekiel Elliott because they sure as hell didn't on the 25 touches he had the last game. No, in fact, a lot of that came in the second half too. I mean, he just took over the game. He was a monster. You saw terrible tackling. And, and Ozzy, you saw, listen, there are a lot, I personally think Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in the game. I know Todd Gurley is a workhorse and a very good running back. I know Kamara can do things that a lot of running backs can't because he can catch the ball. But Ezekiel Elliott showed you, or at least showed me, in that first game against the Eagles why he's the best. Because he literally hurdled a safety. He has unbelievable anticipation skills of how teams are going to try to tackle him. And he gets out of tackles as well as any running back that I've seen. Yeah, he's an elite runner. There's no doubt about it. He can break you uh, on the inside. He can, get to the, he can get to the outside. He can beat you down the field. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, which he becomes really, really dangerous in that uh, Dallas offense. So uh, the Eagles have a very difficult task ahead of them. But I do believe that their number one thing that they need to worry about is stopping the run. There's no doubt about it. And the Cowboys, in my opinion, are going to try and shorten the game because that's been successful for them for the last couple of weeks, and they're going to try and pound it. All so, right, well, well, let's figure this out then because you know Jim Schwartz is going to play a lot of cover three. He's going to have one safety deep. He's going to bring Malcolm into the box because that's what he does. That's what he traditionally does. And you know that Jordan Hicks is not going to play. So let, let's figure this out. You've got, you're going to have six probably in the box, one of them being safety Malcolm Jackson as the seventh. And that's going to leave guys open on the outside. But we know Jason Garrett's still going to establish the run. Can they, Adam, stop the run with Camus Grugier-Hill, who talked a lot of smack this week <laughs> yeah. that we'll get into, and Malcolm Jenkins in the box along with Nigel Bradham, knowing that both of those linebackers, right, Camus and Nigel Bradham, have broken hands. It's crazy. Two of the starting three linebackers have broken hands and – uh, I saw Camus last week, and he, his is really shaved. His is really cut down, which is a good thing. But and Nate Gary will play maybe a third of the snaps. 
Overall, Jeff, they're in trouble. This is, to me, think about it. Jordan Hicks played in the first game, and, the, and, and Zeke still got him. Yeah. I, I agree with Bill, and that's actually, if you, if you are the Eagles, you actually want the Cowboys to throw. I'm going to tell you why. They got one guy you're worried about, and you're not overly worried. Amari Cooper's a fine player, but you don't ever double him. You, you're aware of him. Let them throw to him all day. That's fine. They, they don't, uh, what they told me, speaking of the Cowboys last night, it's get it out of his hands, let him run after the catch, help Zeke out. Zeke's problem, I'm talking about Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott's problem is he holds on to the ball too long. He's a see it, wait till the guy gets open, and throw it. He doesn't throw with any anticipation. Most sacked quarterback in the NFL. You want him to throw the football. Right. I get what Bill's saying. Like, theoretically, you'd want, you'd want L.A. to get 25 carries. If he gets 25 carries, Eagles are going to lose because they're not going to hold him to four yards a carry. That'll never happen. As a matter of fact, guess how much the, over the last four weeks, Eagles worse than the National Football League against the run, 6.62 yards per carry to yeah. running backs. They are going to get smoked in that area. Now, can they load up? As you said, can they load up and figure out a way Malcolm in the box. Don't worry about the pass. We don't even know about Journey and Journey didn't practice. They're still going to they, – listen, it was questionable. Just, just somehow if he's available, if it, it's 10 snaps, take it. This is sellout game. Anyone who's available, play. I don't care who it is. If the guy give him five snaps – You're in Oz. They got, they got, seriously, though, they, no, they, they got to figure all, out a way. No so holds, all hands so on I don't – to answer your question, I don't think they could stop the run. Jordan Hicks – Tim Jernigan, Jordan Hicks not playing, and I, quite frankly, I don't know that he plays next week. Uh, my, my understanding is that they're hopeful he'll start practicing next week, but they don't have a timeline exactly when he'll play. So overall, Jeff, it's going to be hard. I don't know how they're going to uh, do no, it. No, listen, I think it's – and that's why it goes back to what Ozzie said. It's the number one challenge for this team. I think you guys are in agreement because Ozzie said you've got to stop the run, and when you do that, you put a team – in long passing situations, and that's exactly well, where the Eagles want Dak to be. Exactly throwing the ball. Yeah, they, they want they want they want Dak to try and beat them, not Zeke. Right. So in order to do that, you want to stack the line of scrimmage or go if you're going to blitz, you do your run blitz. And the key for the Eagles is they have to be a better tackling team this week, because you're going to be in some situations. You're going to have the right play call defensively, and it's going to be you and the runner. And we've seen many times here through the season that that does not get tackled. They, the running back doesn't get tackled, and they get out into the second air into the second level. And especially if you run blitz, that means you're bringing your linebackers up, so you actually have seven in the box, and you're getting close. So if you get past that first level, then you're just in linebacker, then you're just out in the secondary. So you know it's funny. I talked to Mike Quick, the, the great former Eagle who does the games uh, uh, each week, and he and I were talking about it, and he said it's amazing to see you know how the Cowboys are playing now. And the fact how that offense is going. And the bottom line is Jim's not going to do things that really that much. He really can't. So no, you're going really to see a lot of zone in the, in the secondary. And you're going to see the guys up front to try and stop the run and, and hope the linebackers can do their job because you don't want to let that running game go. It's going to be a long day. My, my biggest fear, and I want, I want your perspective on this as someone who's played defense and safety in particular, right? Safety? Yep, free safety. Okay. Yep. My biggest fear is that you go into a game like this and you absolutely know that you must sell out against the run and that you must stop Ezekiel Elliott, and that leaves you vulnerable to misdirections, to screens, to uh, play actions, because you've got everybody so singularly focused on making sure that they stop this running back that human tendency is you get thrown off. Oh, look, I just got thrown off. You get thrown off, 
in your assignment, and that's when the other team is just trying to you're, – you're playing chess and the other team is trying to play checkers. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult thing. And also because they, they do a really good job in the screen game. And, and Zeke is dangerous in the screen game, as we know. Uh, so he can get the uh, kind of the backfield. So, listen, they're going to get theirs. What you don't want to have happen is you don't want to have uh, a ton of explosive plays. And the other thing is when you do drop Malcolm down in the box, you got to be careful because they don't want to have the guys on the outside exposed. So when you do get in those passing situations, your guys are going to have to get down, and they're going to have to get home, and they're going to have to get some turnovers. So the, it, it, on paper, it doesn't look great for the Eagles uh, from a defensive standpoint, but I think if you can make them go the long field and you can stay away from the big explosive plays, you got a shot. I mean, they're going to get theirs. There's no doubt about that. Right. You just don't want these one, two plays, explosive drives. It kind of sounds like we all agree this is going to be a little bit of a war of attrition. I, I mean, nobody sees a blowout here. Uh, you know, we, we'll give our predictions later, but um, is that safe to say? I mean, is, that, is everybody s- think it's a close game? I do. Yeah, I do. We'll give. I know we'll give our picks later. Yeah, yeah, I do because I think I was encouraged by the last week's game against the Redskins, where they finally, as the Cowboys told me, uh, I had a conversation last night. On their tape study, that was the closest they thought they looked to last season in terms of formationally, explosiveness. They had eight explosive runs, which, which are important. Five yards or more is really good. Right. And the use of personnel. It looked a lot like last season. That's very encouraging because it, they just have not looked right offensively. The Wentz played fairly well this past game. We'll get into some of his issues. I think overall, you should be encouraged. You could say what all you want and the – this Cowboys source I talked to who already viewed the tape said the Redskins almost quit after Colt McCoy on tape. They lost their energy and their juice. They just were not right mentally. They made a lot of errors on both sides of the football after McCoy went down. So, uh, Oz, Adam here is about to become a Philadelphia treasure. He's about to become a market tavern treasure right now because these people are about to be blown away with what Adam just said. And that's Adam was on the phone with his Cowboys sources, man. He's got basically the inside scoop here adam and uh, that, so we want to i would what i want to know is how they're viewing the eagles now as opposed to maybe they were when they first played them because that was a close game and they were probably sweating there at the end when the eagles were driving unfortunately you know obviously the eagles came up short but that's when the eagles weren't playing very well now they've got a whole better run game and offensive line play yeah i, I would say this um based on the notes that i took uh, when i was talking to the source last night they are. They had used better. They had better use of personnel in that. Okay, we knew that Josh Adams looked good in the last game. They barely used him. They used him as a function off the pass game, not just. It wasn't just okay. Well, you know they're going to run the ball thirty times, and that that was the run game. No, it, it was using Zach Ertz. It was using. Actually, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar was very effective. Um, when he would, as a matter of fact, he would have had a touchdown on a slot fade. Right. Uh, Carson missed him. They were very impressed with the way that Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe designed the plays. And their concern, in fact, the guy I spoke to last night said, he goes, here's my, here's, he goes, here's my problem after watching the tape and seeing uh, Darren Sproles look really healthy, especially on, the, on, that, uh, on that draw, sprint draw for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He said, look, if they put Nelson Aguilar in the slot where he's most effective, like he was last season, because he's, he's unbelievably explosive out of the slot, okay? No, not a, no doubt about it. They put Ertz at the Z spot or detached tight end. And then, you know, on the outside, you have whoever who, who could get open. They've got a problem. They're like, well, who do we cover? Like, how are you going to defend Sproles, who's explosive? 
Nelson is their best runner, and you could put Golden Tate outside, uh, or, or obviously you could put uh, Jeffrey outside, who needs to get the ball more. Then they have a decision to make because Ertz destroyed them the first game. Er- Ertz really got them. Sure. And they're real concerned with get, uh, Sproles because Sproles was not used in, in the past game. And also they, they said they were very impressed with the way that Clement blocked this last game. His pass pro was really good. It wasn't just the it screens was, that he caught. It was. It was really they, good. They were very impressed with the screen, uh, with his ability to block. So there are some challenges here that the Cowboys didn't have, Jeff, to answer your question in the first matchup. You know, to piggyback off that, Oz, I was talking with an NFC scout today, someone who has recently scouted the Eagles. He was doing some advance work. And the one thing he told me that I was really impressed was, and I was kind of surprised by this. I was asking him about Josh Adams. And the thing he said was, yeah, power runner. He kind of gave me the rundown on Josh Adams. But he said, you know what, Clement, when he's, when, he's, when he's right, which he's been the last two weeks, is their best overall running back. Maybe what he meant, and I don't know, maybe he is. I still think Adams is so powerful and so capable of the chunk run as opposed to Clement who kind of gets or it in the versatility. screen game. Yeah, versatility. Yeah, but maybe what he's saying is the most dangerous weapon they've got that you have to account for is Clement. Yeah, because he can he can get the inside runs. He's also, he's also a guy that makes people miss. I think that Josh Adams is more of a – I wouldn't say down. He's more of a straight line runner. You're not going to see him guys that make a, do a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. Plus, I think, you know, he also knows and he can get out on the, in the screen game. He does a great job that way. So I think that's probably what he means. You know, to me, when I look at this game and I'm looking, I am extremely concerned about this game for the Eagles. Extremely. As far as their preparation or approach or, or what? Just, just the, the, the matchup. The, 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 way it's, the way things are unfolding the last three or four weeks, and my, my biggest concern is that um, the Eagles are, are, you know, it just seems like there's, there's too many things. Right now you're looking at the Dallas defense that probably has two of the best linebackers in the game right now that are playing. They are playing tremendously. Unbelievable. Well, Van Der Esch especially. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And their front four arguably is, is playing as good as anybody in football right now too as far as getting to get a quarterback, right? We, 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 would, we would agree with I that, right? I feel like right? they have, yeah, under yeah, Marinelli right. for years. Yeah. So uh, all right, they're the only team that has not given up 30 points in the entire year. Right. Okay. Hmm. They, they ha- are now one four straight. Yep. Um, I think it's the fourth-ranked rushing defense and the second-ranked overall defense, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And and and, and then you know, on the other side, the, the the running game is going for them. They seem to have uh, Dak, you know, playing within the system. They added a, 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 a very good offensive threat in Cooper to put them with their tight end and their other guy, who can, who's really their home run guy on the opposite side. And they don't turn the ball over, at least recently in the last four games, right? So, so you're scared by personnel. I'm scared by personnel, but here's really my biggest concern. Yeah. Coaching. And here's why. Hmm. I know I, what you're going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. I, I think going on the road right now, we, we are an underdog. And when I look at this game right now, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm saying to each other, we have to steal a touchdown. We, we have to figure out a way to steal a touchdown in this football game. To get ahead. To, to win and, the game. And, and kind of more put them playing exactly. from behind. Exactly. We, we, have, we, have, we have to figure out a way, because right now on paper it looks kind of like a close game. Right. But you're going to give the Cowboys a couple little credit because of different things. So we, we as a coaching staff have to figure out a way to steal a touchdown. We have to out-coach them hmm. in one or all phases of the game. And my biggest concern is what's going to happen between the trio on offense. I'm not a real big fan of Jason Garrett, but they, but but they, he seems to know what that identity is for that team. 
and I just don't know if the Eagles, when push comes to shove, are going to be able to do that. That's my only concern as we go. Well, well it's a fair, right? Because Adam, but isn't it fair to say he gave up a little bit on the run in that first game? Because Adams had 47 yards. That's what they on told seven me. carries. They Jeff, were doing well. Jeff, the, the the first guy I spoke with after when he graded the tape Monday morning, after the first Dallas game, he goes, "Man, I'm so glad that 33 because." These guys go by number. They don't say names. They go, I'm so glad that 33 didn't continue to get the football because he's 6'1", and they had trouble tackling him. He got like he got good at run after good run, and then they stopped giving it to him. This is when Doug wouldn't stay with a run. Now, this, is a, this, is, this blew me away when this guy – I spoke to another guy last night. He goes – he was talking about Josh Adams. Another he Cowboy goes, source? Yeah, he, okay. and, and he goes like this. He goes, he goes, look, let me preface this by saying I'm not saying he's Adrian Peterson. But here's what, here are the notes uh, that I took. He goes, he has traits like Adrian Peterson. Tall runner, good size, runs after contact, uh, contact, patient, and has great vision. And he goes, did you see that play when he st- almost stopped and then he hit it? I go, yeah, that's when he ran to the left side. He goes, that is really good for a rookie. He goes, that usually you get later in your career. The fact that he's doing this means that they're coaching him really well, and he obviously has innate ability to know how to run to daylight. They're on to something here with, with this running back. I'm not saying he'll be their guy next year, but for the final four games and potentially the playoffs, you know me. I don't like running the football a lot, but I would stick with it because it's working. And as this guy said, they are doing a tr- great job of working off the run game, which they had not been doing earlier. I totally agree with that. Now, how about that? I mean, it was something we've been talking about a lot. And it's not that you got to be 80% run or 60% run. What you have to do is have balance and make that di- – you, you see the screen game coming alive now yes. because they literally have defenses running one way because they have to stop Josh Adams. Yes. And it took eight, nine, ten weeks, especially the Ajayi injury, Ozzy, for the Eagles to find somebody to make the other opponents say, we got to stop that guy. You're exactly right. And, and one of my keys I wrote down as I was watching the tape was I, I, I hope the, the Eagles keep the game close. I mean, obviously you're on the road, you want to do that anyway into the fourth quarter. Because my concern is if the Eagles get behind, Doug is going to do what he does and what he feels comfortable with, and that's to sling the football. And I think that if you sling it too much, you burn. You don't burn the clock. You're going to give the Cowboys more touches. And this game, because there's so because there's so many things that are close, when you get into a game like this, every snap, field position really matters. And when my concern is that if we get, you know, the Eagles get the ball and it's first and 10 from the 25 and, and they're backed up and they only get three or four yards. And then now he's going to pass the ball on second down and now he going to get it and it's third and seven. And then say we don't get the first down. Now they punt the football and they're going to get the ball, you know, somewhere between the 40s. And that's a short field. And then you're pretty much going to guarantee that the Cowboys are going to come after you big time and they're going to probably score. You're, and, hard, and, you're harsh on Doug, my friend. Well, I'm just. Well, let's, no, let's no, no, no. I think he's, I think he's I, concerned about I'm concerned. going back it. to the old uh, habits. Right. I get it. Old, habit, no, no, old habits you never die. Adam? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Totally I get it, it but it's, it was only two weeks ago that they were down 19 to 3 to the awful Giants. Yeah. They still ran. And they ran the ball. They ran the ball. They like ran crazy. it and ran it and ran it. Yeah. Now, maybe Doug knew that the Giants were so bad and that he needed to get the game, the running game going at all costs, so it was going to have to be that day. And you know, I, I agree with you, Doug, that you get the rhythm, you get it going, you get it going, and eventually you creep and creep and creep back toward more passing, right? Right, right. But I have to go back to last year when that game at halftime in Dallas between a very good Eagles team oh, yeah. and a eh, Cowboys team was close, 
And Doug came out in the second half, and he put the ball in Jay Ajayi's hands. And the next thing you know, they're winning 30-something to 7. Yep. Well, right? well, do they have – is 33? Could he do that, Jeff? I think he's got to. I think he I, – I, I believe that he recognizes this this time. Well, that, and, that's, and that's what my point is. My point is that when I'm looking at this, and, of course, now I'm, I'm looking at this from an Eagles perspective, and I'm saying, what are the keys? And I'm saying that, in my opinion – now, the game could go completely sideways. You never know. But in my opinion, when you look at it, I think that you need to shorten the game if you're an Eagles – if you're on the Eagles side of the ball. And a lot of that's because of what's going on for yourself defensively plus the, what they have going on on the other side of the ball offensively. So in order to shorten the game a little bit, sometimes when it's second and five, when you like to sling it, that's when you need to pass it. And those type of plays will add up. And I also think the offensive line likes to run the football, and that'll get them in a the rhythm. So that, that's all I'm saying. And then I right. think if you do that, you open up your screen game, you open up your counters, you open up your play action, and then you got a shot. they got to score, though. Sometimes when yes. you play to hide the quarterback you don't, and you don't score, then what's the use of running? I, I agree. It's working for them. And yes, you can run off play action, but they've got to score. And, and, and this, is, this has been the problem with teams that try to run the ball a lot. When you don't score, it's like all you're doing is trying to keep the game close. I, I was very encouraged with what I saw for Washington against Washington and what, what this guy from the Cowboys told me. If, I'm not saying they're all the way back offensively, but the inclusion of Sproles was major. In the little that he played, he had that beautiful touchdown. And we didn't really talk about Gold Tate. I love that word that Golden Tate used. It was organic the way they used him. They didn't force him the ball. Right. Yes, you don't have to double him. He's another passing option, which they haven't really had. Basically, Jeff, to me, his first game was this last game. You could throw everything else out. He did nothing to help them. It wasn't his fault. They didn't really use him. This, this past game, they used him. And you know what he did against the Cowboys. The Cowboys told me they didn't wrap up. No one would be talking about Golden Tate in that first matchup when he was with the Lions if they would have wrapped up. He had a couple of huge plays. Their biggest concerns, they told me, were Sproles and Ertz. They're, they're way scared, more scared of Sproles than I could even imagine because he barely played. Wow. But he, they said well, he, look, he looked really good. He, he looked really good on it. He's clearly back. You know the other thing about Sproles is he gets so low to the ground. You know, he's built like a, a fire hydrant. He gets so <laughs> low, he is hard to tackle. He is. And teams rarely get a good shot on him. He is the type of guy that I don't know. You know, I think balance is so big for what they do, but they've got something really good going on with Adams. Uh, it's not really a committee anymore, really. They had 29 runs last week, and Adams had 20 of them. So you're getting Josh Adams as your lead carrier. You're getting Clement as your change of pace back. They only gave nine snaps to Sproles last game. I don't know how much more they can incorporate him with that hamstring that they're trying well, to Doug, Doug, back. Look, Doug said, clearly, Doug Peterson said, Jeff, earlier this week, they didn't want to overwork him in his first game. And I get that because of the setback that he had. As I reported uh, weeks ago, it's in another part of the same hamstring. So, yeah, Jeff, you, you want to be careful. But my understanding is he's looked great in practice. So I would dial it up. They have to win this game. Don't worry about the Ram game. That's another story for another time, which will be <laughs> – you don't you want to go there right uh, now. Let's not. Find a way to time. win it. Find a way. And I would get Sproles more involved. I would get him up to 20, like 20 snaps this game. I would more than double it, oh, triple man. it. Oh, man, you can't do that. 20 snaps is nothing. Just, a, a third not a, yeah, but you've got Clement and you've got uh, Adams. How but are you finding He's so different, though, snaps? Jeff. He's so different from what they have. They don't have anyone. There's really no one like him. I, I agree with that, but he's also going to be returning kicks, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or punts, right? So I, I feel like if you give him 20, 20 uh, snaps, you're going to send him right back to the sideline with a hamstring injury. 
And then you can't baby this guy. It's time to win, dude. It's the last quarter of the season. Are you going to get there or not? Well, Let's go. All right. So here's the thing. If you're ta- if you're putting Sproles on Oz, right, then you're taking Clement off because they're not going to be on the, in the same formation. I've loved what, what, what Clement's been giving him in the screen game so far. And even as an occasional runner, I, I was fine with the nine – Nine or ten snaps for Sproles. I, I don't know if it becomes too many cooks now if you're trying to incorporate him more into the game. Unless, of course, you think he could be the wild card here. Adam, seems, Adam says the Cowboys are afraid of him being the wild card. He looks right, so, He looks so, explosive. Yeah, so here, here's my thing about that. First off, we know Corey, my sources told me that he wasn't in the doghouse. He was na- he was had some injuries. He was he was nagged up. Water so stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's why he wasn't playing a lot early on. Well, it makes sense because yeah. he looked a lot better. Yes. And then Josh, you know, we've seen what he can do. In this situation, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you guys are disagreeing, but I, with what Adam's saying is I, I agree with what Adam is talking about because Darren Sproles is a veteran. He is someone when you come out there, you, you have to account for him. And I know Corey's a good player, but Darren Sproles is a rarity in the National Football League and that he's kind of a guy you can't really match up with. He's so fast. He's so small. And I understand he also plays in the, run, you know, in, the, in the kick return game. But I think, in my own opinion, that the Eagles have to play by far their best football game this season. It, it, they have to play this. It's, it can be close. And Carson's got to play his best game, but he's going to need help. And if Sproles is healthy... He's got to get as many touches as he can based on where he's at and where he's coming back from from his injury. That's my opinion. Okay, all right. It's clear that I'm on Corey Clement Island, and you guys are on uh, Darren well, Sproles no, Island. No, but, but Jeff, he helps. Yeah. Yes. He, he, Somebody at the Market Tavern's got to buy me a drink. I just lost this fight. He man. does a great job of setting up screens. And yes. By the way, Sproles didn't catch a pass last week. Right. He had the great, he had the great trap for a touchdown where he looked spry. I would say this, though. Kelsey looks spry. The the other thing that this Cowboys person said to me last night, he goes, look, we didn't cover Ertz well the first game. Because you have to remember, we play zone. So he does an unbelievable job of sitting in every zone, okay? Now, in in the red zone, they play man. I'm interested. We have no way of knowing this. But I'm interested. Do they use Byron Jones on him? They use Jordan Lewis, who's a cornerback, on Alvin Kamara. And he shut him down. They shut him down. Kamara was shut three down. yards. So I wonder, I know they're different players completely. That's running back and Ertz is a tight end. Right. Ertz sets everything up. He is everything in their passing game. Can you imagine if they didn't have him, where would they be? It would be the Alshon Jeffrey show, but he's not Ertz. Ertz well, sets everything up. Isn't that kind of still an advantage to the Eagles? Because, uh, and I get it, Jordan Lewis played great against Alvin Kamara, but if you're putting a nickel cornerback against a six foot three tight end, with a quarterback like Wentz who can back shoulder you, who can lead you high, lead you low. Don't, don't you get to use your body as an advantage in that regard? If they're going to play man and rough him up a little bit, doesn't Zach get to use then uh, Ozzie's leverage, his body against a, a nickel corner? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And that's, that's the way it is. But uh, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to try and do everything they can to double Ertz, especially in passing situations. How do you do that when you're mostly a zone team? Well, you bracket him. Yeah, you just bracket him. So you you have uh, you know maybe you bring yeah, your this linebacker get some depth. Exactly. So you have your lump linebacker look at him, and then over top you have him, or you can try and bring your strong safety. Or Van down. Or, would you use Van Esch? Absolutely. He he he's fast up on, on the on the underneath routes. Yeah, I mean once he gets into that second level behind you, then I don't think you're going to have Van Esch run down the field with him. You know, down, unless you're going to have. Now what you could do is on third down situations, you can have Andrews and say, you know, you have him in man. And, but you're going to play cover two or cover three over top. 
Leighton huh. Van Der Esch is probably the I'm using someone gave this to me, someone who works in the NFL, and I think the guy's right. He's probably the closest we've seen to Brian Arlacher. Van Der Esch is six four. He's two fifty. He's a tremendous athlete. The Cowboys, Jeff, told me that he's so instinctive. A little for a bigger, right? Probably bigger than Earl uh, six, This yeah. kid's at least six four. Might be six five. He's he's incredible. This kid, and he hasn't you know he hasn't started the whole season. Sean Lee, the Cowboys told me that not only is he not playing this week, they, they said like very questionable for next week. They're not even sure though. That Sean thought he might be able to be available this week. They would like him back because he's more of a coach on the field at this point. But Van Esch is a stud. It, and Jalen Smith is playing very well. Hey, I'm curious to get Adam when you when you talk to your contacts because uh, my contact said and this was I thought was pretty it was amazing. He said that there's people in the league that think right now he's playing better than Sean Lee. That I they don't miss Sean Lee. I think I mean I, I, mean, I think he's definitely more more athletic than Sean Lee. I mean it was it was it was it was an interesting comment that they said you know Sean Lee's banged up a lot and you know he's a great player. But they said this guy has to give some things that they don't even see with Sean Lee. Well, yeah, but, but but when Sean Lee was healthy years ago, Leighton Van Der Esch is from a from an anticipation standpoint, he doesn't have the skills yet mentally because he doesn't Diagnosed doesn't like see the Sean game. Lee. Yeah, Sean, right. Lee could, yeah, yeah. Sean Lee would see it before it would happen, and that's what makes him special. He won't be a Hall of Famer because of the injuries, and plus, he is like a free safety for them who sets everything up. He's an amazing kid who. Um, some people think like he might be a coach someday, whether he wants to or not. People think he can because he's that smart. All right, in a little bit, I want to get into some headlines because we had some trash talking going on between the Eagles and the Cowboys, which is always good for the fans, the trash talking. I know the people here at Market Tavern probably got into that. Um, and we also had a report last week that kind of came out. Uh, it seemed like somebody was critical of the way the Eagles offense was, uh, was running. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But before that, let's just get quickly into injuries, okay? Because we know Jordan Hicks is out. Adam, we know that Avante Maddox is questionable. That's interesting. To me, that's the, that says he's still a long shot, but they're maybe hoping to get an emergency. If he can get in there and, and maybe heal up a little bit more between now and then, maybe he plays a role. Yeah, it's interesting. So I thought he was going to be out. It, the Eagles are the one NFL team, guys, that – like, they refuse to list a player as doubtful, which means the guy's not expected to play. So keeping listed as questionable, which is 50-50. I thought they got rid of doubtful on the uh, – No, no, they got rid of probable. Oh, probable. probable. That's right. yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll – I think they'll keep him active. Remember when 32 Douglas, maybe three weeks ago, was active, but would he play, like, two snaps? Yeah. They did that – he was an emergency player. To me, Maddox is an emergency player. Players who don't practice during the week rarely play on Sundays. So – to this point, we don't expect Maddox to contribute at all. We know that Corey Graham is is back from his hamstring. You know, he's going to play a lot at safety. McLeod is out for the season. Uh, by the way, his injury is much worse than was reported. He actually has ligament, li- he had ligament damage in his knee. Oh, which man. It wasn't just the ACL, the MCL sprain, so you won't see him until the spring. Um, they're going to be the, the three kids at corner. I mean, that, that's what it's going to be. Sidney Jones played a lot outside. He did a good job. He'll play on the outside. Craven LeBlanc, who was a slot corner for the Bears, will be their slot corner. And they'll go with uh, Douglas. Douglas will be the other corner. That's it. They only used three corners last week. Wow. That's, that's, that's like skating on thin ice there. Like it's a physical team like the Cowboys. you got to hope that everybody stays healthy. As far as the Cowboys, though, we know that Sean Lee is going to be out. Uh, they're getting their left tackle, Tyron Smith, back. He's got a neck injury. I don't know how, how close to 100% yes, they he's going to be. think he'll play. It's Okay, that's okay, it. Well, you so just said he's going to play. Right. So he, he's left games before early, and this is where the Eagles have a big advantage. If they have to go Agree. start moving guys around, remember, 
they've got one lineman we know is out. Yeah, uh, Zach Martin, the their Pro Bowl right guard, has been dealing with a knee injury all year. Right, and the other kid's out for the season uh, with the uh, illness. Yes, uh, Travis Frederick. Right. Uh, so the Eagles guys have some advantages here. Fletcher Cox has had a quiet season with five sacks. He's playing better than that. And because they're not getting any help on the other side of him, someone's got to step up and have a big game here. Could be Brandon Graham has been Johnny on the spot in his career. And so by the way, he has played really well played against well. Tyron Smith throughout his career. Because you know why? He gets low. And Tyron's 6'7". Yes. Got to get low. Yeah, pad level, right? Right, Ozzy? Got to get pad level? You definitely got to yeah, get pad You're a level. wide receiver. What do you know about pad level? Uh, <laughs> I just cut him. If they were, if, 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 if they, my pad level was, if you were too, if you were too big, I was going to cut you. <laughs> when they go high, we go low. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fortunately, nobody on the Eagles has a concussion, right? And did you know that in the United States, every year there are more than 3.8 million sports-related concussions and that most of these injuries occur in ch- children and young adults? Defend Your Head, sponsors of the Inside the Birds podcast, is a leader in the re- uh, leading revolution in head protection with their soft-shell technology product called ProTech. ProTech is a protective helmet shell made from specialized polyurethane foam that absorbs and dissipates the energy caused by a hit to the ProTech cover. ProTech acts like an airbag, delaying the timing of the hitting of the impact, just like an airbag delays the time of your body and your head from hitting the dashboard when a crash occurs. ProTech scientifically proven to reduce G-force impacts by up to 70%. For more information about the ProTech helmet shell used by Penn State, Temple, and Penn football programs, or to place an order for your own ProTech, email info at defendyourhead.com or visit defendyourhead.com. And, of course, we thank ProTech for being sponsors of the Inside the Birds podcast. Uh, I want to move on to some of the headlines here throughout the week real quick. I got, Ozzy, i got to start with you. You've been in a locker room. you played in the NFL. The backup linebacker who happens to be starting now, you know, he calls out the Cowboys and says, oh, you know, they're always chokers. That's what they do. And then it becomes a thing. Now, in your day, you know, there was no Twitter and Facebook to make that a thing. Yep. And when the backup linebacker says it, maybe in the 80s or 90s, it doesn't make its way toward Dallas. Well, this thing made its way in about two seconds. What was your thought on that? Well, if I was the uh, – first off, the, the pen – if I was, like, uh, in the locker room and one of the leaders of the locker room, I'd probably go over there and be like, are you out of your mind? Because one of the things you always want to do is – you know, keep your mouth shut during the week, and if anything, let the coaches do what they have to do, and don't don't give another team any incentive to play any better. Um, Adam talked about his hatred for the Celtics, <laughs> and we know that you know these guys at this level, they use the littlest thing to get them going in games. I mean, you think about some of the things that Michael Jordan has talked about, and Dan Marino and Joe Montana, and you know, during the game, you know, the people will say. If they do something, how about that? You know, now you're not talking. So they do remember these things, and they do use them to um, to give them that little extra burst. Bill, not that the Cowboys need it. Bill, Bill, let me let me go back to that. So when you're with Buddy Ryan, and you were there <laughs> with the Jimmy Johnson and Buddy issues, where they really went after each other. Uh-huh. How much did Buddy ever talk about Jimmy Johnson or, the, or his hatred for the Cowboys or those issues uh, in front of the team? Absolutely. He, you know, he would, he didn't spend a lot of time, you know, but he would say, and I'm just, it just made me smile and just think about it because he would be like, and you know, you know, you know what I'm thinking about that guy on the other side. Like he wouldn't, I mean, he's not real big in talking about anybody's name, 
But he would do enough that you knew what he was talking about, and he would say, you know, and then, and then of course, then the guys, like, especially the defensive guys, they would get on, buddy, and be like, we got you. You know, we know you don't like it. We're going to mess his hair up for you. We're going to do this for you. They do that. So Buddy would be – Buddy was a needler, and, and he knew how to get you going. And then when it was the Cowboy Week, you knew that you did not want to let him down, and he would – he would start calling out guys, and especially if guys talked, he would say that before we went out to practice. You know, hey, did you guys hear about? And then there was a couple times when you'd come in, and you know, with that, that back then we had the chalkboard. <laughs> now, now, now you see it's on flat screens. Now it's on Twitter. Okay, exactly. <laughs> but then, then they, they would have stuff on chalkboards. So and so said this, so you would know it. Now people downplay. They, and I, I agree with the idea that honestly, does it make you play better in the long run that you're mo- that somebody? talk crap about you i don't know if it actually makes leighton vanderesh run faster than he already does or ezekiel Elliott jump higher than he already does but you know what bill belichick is the king of using chalkboard material and he's the best that ever did it so clearly coaches people in the nfl believe that you shouldn't do this thing if you, you shouldn't disrespect the opponent because they think that there's a fact in fact andy Reid almost sent freddie mitchell home from the super bowl for talking trash about the Patriots. And then remember, Belichick got him after they won. He went on uh, Jay Leno's show and, and buried uh, Freddie Mitchell. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here's you mentioned what, that. You know, I'm going to speak about it from a personal standpoint. And what I will say is this. I played better when I was in a rage and I had hate in my, in my, in my brain and my heart. No, no, I'm going to move over. And, and, and what, <laughs> I, what I mean by that, especially like I would say people, like if I was playing basketball, I would say, I would say, you know, just if you leave me alone, I'm going to get my 20 and 8 and a couple steals here. If you got under my skin, you know, I would do everything I could to go for 30 and try and get 15, 20 rebounds, foul out, and make your life miserable. And on football, it would do the same thing. I'd be, and I would tell the defensive backs, listen, how, how do you want this game to go? Because if, you know, in other words, say there was a running play and the guy would come up to you and there's a pile. So they could either come up and just, you know, do what they had to do to make sure that the guy was on the ground, or they could size you up and take a 10-yard flying head start and try and knock you into the pile. So I let them know early in the game, listen, if that's the way, it's, you're going to have a long day because you're never going to know when I'm going to butt you up, straight you up and just butt up when they, you know, in a running game, or every time you think I'm going to do that, I'm going to go after your legs, I'm going to cut you. This is and, awesome. And I, I would see chase the perspiration him. I would chase, right now. I would chase guys 30 yards down the field and cut them on a like on Man. an off tackle play, just for pissing me off during the middle of the game. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, wow. if, if you talk shit before a game, yeah, yeah it's gonna. I didn't know you were gonna, like that, Bill. Here, here's the moral of the story. Like here's the moral wow. of the story. I know. Here's There's another the, side to Bill. I'm kind of excited and scared at the well, same my, time. My old, my old coach would tell you say that I'm like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like I was a guy that you wanted your girl to date, but for some reason on, during the game I was I, I was a lunatic. So my point of this is that I'm a nobody. Like I, I didn't. I'm not like. I'm not, you know, in the Eagles Hall of Fame or anything Hall of Fame. And that's what it did to me and how I played and how I elevated my game. I can only imagine guys that are great and, and have and are 250 and run four threes and can like, really do some serious damage. What you did to them if you pissed them off. Yeah, so I, I'm just telling you that that stuff does motivate you in the game. And, right. and, and you know, especially in the fourth quarter when you're tired, you're going to know when a guy's talking crap, you're going to still go after him. It's funny because Adam Dak Prescott responded and he said something about, you know, winners talk about the game and losers talk about the opponent or something to that effect. So, I don't know. Is that kind of, 
I'm surprised, actually, the Cowboys responded to it with anything other than who the hell is Camus Grugier Hill. Right. It's funny because he's technically a starter, but he only played like a third yeah, of the snaps. He's not a starter. So, yeah. I mean, you could call it, he's just basically a guy that shouldn't be saying anything. Uh, no one should be saying anything. No one needs any extra motivation to play the Dallas Cowboys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> And, it's, you know, and, you, and if, you're, if you're not starting, you definitely don't want your backups to because then you're they. That's it, it's you a put long the day. starters in a bad spot. A, exactly. And here's the thing. Think about the Eagles' run last year. Remember they were wearing the dogs? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, Dog why, mask. Why right. was that? Because they felt disrespected exactly. by everybody. Yeah. So they made it known after every game. Oh, you're di- and so the coaches did a good job. You start circling the wagos and you need the little extra motivation. That's think about that. W- wouldn't it be something if the Cowboys won this game and then kind of whipped out some dog masks at the end to rub it out? Like imagine how the Eagles would feel. Imagine how these fans at the Market Tavern would feel about that. Exactly. If the Cowboys started whipping out dog masks and celebrating around the field, that's why you don't say that stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. All right. Something that was a little probably a bit more relevant to the game though that came out after last week's game was. Uh, Josina Anderson kind of had a report from ESPN saying that, um, I guess she quoted a source as saying, finally the Eagles weren't a, quote, one-man show. And I don't, did you find that? I, well, I actually found that, Adam, to be an honest assessment of what the Eagles were at one point and not necessarily, you know, an indictment of either Carson or Doug or anybody on the team or Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had to be the guy to answer for it because everybody assumed that he was the one-man show, which he is. But I didn't think that that was like trash talk or, or backstabbingness. I just thought that was the reality of what the Eagles were. No, but if it's a player or a coach on the Eagles, there's really no reason to start criticizing the way that they're calling plays. Zach Ertz is right now the most productive tight end in the National Football League. No one seems to be able to cover him. Right. Uh, gr- but was it route critical? Route. I mean, was he, he was just saying finally we weren't. Wouldn't you have agreed that the, the offense needed to be more balanced? Yeah, well, they need to get other people the football. Sure, I, I get it. Yeah. But I, I just don't see the point of doing that if, you, if you're a member of the team. Because then don't forget Wentz and Ertz are best friends. Yeah. They're very close. And they, they don't need that in between them. It's just a, it's just a, it's like when I get quotes from – Anonymous sources. When I when I get inf- intel, they go, "Hey, a, a Eagle source or a Cowboy source said this." It's one thing if I was trying to get something that was critical from the team, uh-huh. but it does give some insight to what people who work for the Eagles think. Whether it's a play, it's obviously it's either player or coach. I would bet I would bet a thousand dollars on that. Yeah, I I would think so too. Okay, well, look, it's 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 semi interesting. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, but, but imagine the context of it. Imagine if um, whoever it is is talking to Josina and just says, man, what a great game. You know, we were very balanced. Finally, we weren't a one-man show, which when I say it that way, it doesn't sound so It indicting. doesn't, but remember the other but, quote but that when you, you had the week before quotes, that. Well, the week before that was uh-huh. Zach, er- that Zach Ertz is getting the ball. I don't know the exact quote, but it was like Zach Ertz is getting the ball too much. Now, yeah. was that a player? And we could guess who that might be. <laughs> or I don't want to do that. But right? Yeah. Or is it a coach? Um, should they be running the ball more? I don't know. I, no, no one seems to know exactly, but the fact of the matter is I find it interesting that someone would start speaking out when the team is trying to turn their season around. But you know what? Teach his own. Look, I, I get it. We've all, you and I have gotten quotes when things aren't going great. That's yeah. our job. That's so true. It's good I, stuff, I, though. I just good wish stuff. I would have heard the context of how it's said because I don't think that 
I, I agree with you. It can be taken a, a different way, and it can be taken negatively. But it also could have been just a passing comment where, hey, we're, we're not a one man or, show. Or I'd rather have a full paragraph. Right. Hey, you know, we, we would be better if we could get so-and-so the football, which I would agree with, but I didn't see anything else other than that. All right, let's go to Twitter because we have a couple of questions for hashtag AskITB, which is our Ask Inside the Birds uh, segment that we do every podcast. The first question comes from K Williams, A56, at K Williams. He's a, he's a loyal listener, and we appreciate that. And he says, if the Eagles make uh, go and make the playoffs, do you see any coaching changes happening? Uh, I don't if they make the playoffs. If they Adam, make, yeah, I, you I, wouldn't I would think normally would. do it. And, and, again, I know people who have been calling for um, Mike Rose had. And Jim Schwartz, too. And Jim and Schwartz Corey critical Unlin. and Corey Unlin and all the people criticizing a lot of the coaches. They don't sign or – decide who is go- going to play in terms of, okay, we're going to bring this in guy in and we're not, or we're going to cut this guy or we're not. So in the end, Jeff, you- you're only as good as the talent that you're given. The Eagles-, the Eagles roster, which I guess I was probably wrong, is not quite as good as last year. And yes, they've had a ton of injuries. You-, you can't coach injuries. Their injury situation is way worse than last year. In-, in the end here, I think this team has underachieved a little bit on offense. Some of it is because of the quarterback change. Carson Wentz missed the first couple games. Jeffrey missed the first couple games because of his shoulder surgery. Um, they lost Jay Ajayi. You know, it's hard to balance all this stuff. You, you, you trade for Golden Tate, a player that you know what he does, but you never had before. So all these things add up. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses here. I'm trying to th- give you what the team thinks. I hear you. So if, if they don't make the playoffs, you're going to have to evaluate. We're now in the last quarter of the season, by the way. We're, this is the the fourth quarter of the regular season. Now we're going to find out how good this team is because you, you can't, now that a lot of these guys are back except the cornerback, the offense is, is about as whole as they're going to get. This offense should start rolling. Even If you thought they were good against the Redskins, they have enough here to give Dallas a run here in this game with what they have. But as Bill brought up, and I think he's right, if they get behind, does Peterson stick with a run? My, my sense is he won't. It worked against the bad giant team. It's not going to work here. If you get too one-dimensional against the Cowboys, yeah, that works go- both ways. Though, if you start dropping, going to be harder. Going to be harder. Yeah. Well, no, but take it. You could come out throwing, but you got to mix the run, and you well, can't. I agree. I agree. You, you you don't want the pass run ratio to be. You don't want to see at you the end want of the game. Sixty-five thirty-five. Or right, it was sixty-two percent up to last week's game. It was it was sixty-two thirty-eight. You don't want to be. You don't want it to be forty passes, and fifteen runs. That's not going to get it done against a really good defense because they know what you're going to be doing. It's a lot easier to cover you like that. And Wentz is not playing as well as last season. Let's not forget. Right. He's about 75% in my subjective number. So to end it here, guys, I think Bill's right. they got to coach their asses off on both sides of the football this week. All right, last question for Ask Inside the Birds, and I'll throw it to you, and then we'll get our predictions. Bill, this question comes from Carl Stevenson at Idle Prof. He says, how do you see the birds using number 88, Dallas Goddard, when Ertz is on the sideline to change the perception that the play is the run? Because I think what he's saying is, question. you know, Ertz came out of the game on that fourth down uh, run to Josh Adams, and obviously they gave Adams the ball. He gets swamped. Now, talking to the guys after the game, that was a missed block. They didn't read it. Do with it. it was the right side of the line, Lane Johnson, Brooks. 
that wasn't because of maybe they telegraphed it more so than there was a mistake. But it is a good point that when Ertz is off the field and Goddard's in as the only tight end, it kind of looks like they're going to just run. Well, my source in the National Football League said to me that, you know, he would like to see Dallas Goddard used more because yeah. they think in around the league he's a, he's a good talent. So one of the complaints that I've had, I don't say And you mean as a pass catcher, right? Not correct. Just, yeah, 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 both, yeah. He, he's, he, he can do both. And we've seen flashes of that. It's just not a lot of it because obviously you got Ertz. So I think that the, one of my issues with the play calling has been predictability. So they have to figure out a way not to do it. So that's a perfect opportunity. Take Zach off the field, put Goddard in, and make them think. Even if it's short here, I would love to see a, a second and one, right? And look like you're going to go, uh, you know, just a dive play because you're going to go – and go play action and get right behind the safety and knock it, you know, for a big one. You know what? They almost got him on a screen. Oh, that, that, was, yes. that was a touchdown. Oh, man. And Carson overthrew him. But, so this, I mean, that's, that's, a really good, that's a really good question. And I think this week, if you're a great play caller, you're doing things when the other team thinks you're doing the opposite. Empty the bucket. This is an empty yep. the bucket a good game. Point. Yep. Totally. Okay. In fact, yep. we didn't talk about it. But Do it all. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw a trademark or a signature Doug Peterson trick play. You know, oh, uh, flea oh, flicker and oh. wing counters. You know, stuff that you that Doug really became known Philly for. Philly special was run, year. by the way, exactly by an NFL team last week. In the oh, it was by the it was the it was Bears. By the Bears. Right? Yeah, yeah, they ran exactly. Play with yeah. no time left. Yeah. Wait, did you Crazy. read the story? It was no, a, it was uh-uh. originally meant Trey Burton. It was originally meant for him to throw the pass. He did not throw the pass this time. Oh God! Because he told he told Matt Nagy. He had so much anxiety the night before he that he because it just brought back oh all his memories. So Unbelievable. they had to switch it around. He wow. wound, it was Tariq Cohen who wound wow. up throwing the pass wow. to uh, somebody in the end zone. It was unbelievable. It was. Wow. All right, well, fellas, we're at that time. We've we've you know done everything we can. Diagnose this matchup. Soup to nuts. It's time to make our predictions. I'm going to start with Adam. All right, again, I'm. <laughs> I looked right at Billy and said, "I'm on the under under." score this time i am at 20 to 17 the team with a star i just don't think that the eagles will be able to stop ezekiel elliott my number is 90 yards or less if they hold ezekiel Elliott to under 90 yards i think they steal this game i really do well i don't think you just made our market tavern crowd very happy but you said the the cowboys are going to win what was that 20 to 17? 20 to 17 i just don't think they'll be able to stop 21 on the Cowboys. And Billy, can you make the people feel any better after so, the Adam so, just dropped that bomb? Uh, so I'm going to give you just a, cu- a couple quick things here. The road team has won the last. It's they've, they're nine and two in the last eleven ball games. That wow. The road team has won in Dallas. Right. In, uh, in Dallas, correct. Yes. Okay. The Eagles have won two straight in the division. The Cowboys have won four straight. The Cowboys are coming off a huge upset against the Saints with some time off. So are they due for a letdown? No divisional team winner in the, in the Eastern Division mm-hmm. has repeated. That's correct. That's over the Eagles, I believe, in 2002 two, two and three. Two, it's two, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. three and four, right? Three Co- and four. Correct. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, either, yeah. it's definitely that time frame. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to believe. How does uh, that even? There are only four teams in the division. Yep. Yeah, no, 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 usually re- two of them aren't good. Yeah, no repeat <laughs> yeah. divisional champion in over a decade. Okay, the Eagles have not had a victory over a team with a winning record this season. That's correct. I say this reluctantly. But when I think about the coaching and I think about the play calling and I think about everything else, I think the Cowboys win 
28 to 13. Ooh, uh, blow man. out, sort of a blowout. So you guys put the pressure on me. Adam picks the Cowboys. Ozzy picks the Cowboys. I don't want to pick I'm the Cowboys. Here, I, I, I mean, listen, I want to give the Eagles, Eagles to win, and I could give you five ways, and we'll do it on Twitter. We'll go out on Twitter. We'll say, here's the keys for the Eagles to win. I'm just thinking that everything Adam has found out, and he's been on it. You know, he's been right. He's got a lot of sources. The way I look at that stuff and I look at it, the way everything we've been talking about, I got I to gotta pick with my brain, but my heart does not like that at all. I Trust me. <laughs> well, I took a swig of beer before that, too. Next week when we do our next Inside the Birds podcast, we're either going to be eating a lot of humble pie Uh-oh. or we're going to all be well, celebrating. What's, what's your pick? Right. Well, yes. well, let me set it up. You guys each took 20 minutes to set up well, your pick. Let's go, brother. Sorry. Go, go, go. <laughs> we're all going to be eating humble pie or celebrating because I'm with you. I say 28-23 is the final score, mm. and I think the Cowboys are the team that's going to come out on top. That's how it is. That's uh, how I see it. Yep. Like I said, a more high-scoring game. I think the over/under is 41. So I'm I'm predicting more scoring than that. But uh, it's a clean sweep on our end for the Inside the Birds podcast. We're all going with Dallas, and so if we're all wrong, we'll have to eat humble pie in our next podcast. What does that yes. taste like? Uh, <laughs> humble. It tastes humbly. <laughs> all right. That's gonna do it for Inside the Birds, presented to you by Defend Your Head, makers of the ProTech Helmet Safety Shell. Remember to check them out at defendyourhead.com. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Go Birds, WIP. And a special thanks to the all-new Market Tavern here at 30th and Market in Center City, Philadelphia, for being amazing hosts, this wonderful classic Irish pub, great draft beers, flat screens everywhere, wonderful place to eat. Try the brisket. Our man's already had it, and we're going to have it next. And uh, we'll be back here next Friday and the Friday after from 4 to 6 o'clock. So please, please, please come join us. We're out. We're out.